you're listening to Conversation with the Experts. This is an Allied Health and Nursing Education Outreach Program podcast in collaboration with the Education Hub at the Royal Children's Hospital. Hi, my name's Sarah Temby and I'm an Allied Health Educator in the RCH Education Outreach Program. Today we have Katie Duval, who is one of five physiotherapists specialising in neuromuscular disorders at the Royal Children's Hospital. She's been working in this area for over 15 years. The team works in the weekly neuromuscular clinic and research program. Today, we'll be discussing the nuts and bolts of the physiotherapy management in Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Welcome, Katie. Thanks, Sarah. So can you remind us what Duchenne muscular dystrophy is? Okay, so Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which I'll call Duchenne, um, I think in some of the ad- other podcasts, you might have, they might have used the term DMD. Um, it's it's a genetic condition predominantly affecting boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dystrophin gene affected in Duchenne produces the dystrophin protein, which is important um, to the structure of the muscle cell wall. Defects in the production of dystrophin affects the walls of muscle cells, causing the muscle cells to break down. And with limited capacity to repair and replicate, cells are then replaced by fibrotic scar tissue. This causes increasing weakness and the associated fatigue and muscle tightness that we see in Duchenne. Mm-hmm. Duchenne also affects all muscles in the body and um, is progressive. So it leads to the eventual loss of ambulation as well as cardiac and respiratory failure. Currently, there's no cure for Duchenne. Therefore, medical and allied health treatment focuses on protection of muscle, muscles conserving strength and optimising physical functioning and participation. Uh, Corticosteroids are the current sort of gold standard medical treatment. They delay but they don't prevent the eventual progression of of muscle disease. And despite their benefits, they um, come with some significant side effects, which include things like weight gain and increased fracture risk. Mm. So if steroids are the mainstay of medical treatment for Duchenne, How can a physiotherapist help in Duchenne management? Okay, so while every child with Duchenne presents a little differently, DMD is one of the neuromuscular diagnoses that has a reasonably predictable sort of disease course. Mm -hmm. Duchenne is often described as having distinct disease stages. Um, So these stages would include um, the initial diagnosis where we see motor skills um, are still developing Um, and then we progress on to sort of the ambulatory to the late ambulatory stage of the disease where motor function um, plateaus and then starts to progressively decline. In what we call the transition stage, a young person with DMD would gradually transition from part-time to full-time use of uh, wheeled mobility as their walking becomes increasingly more difficult. And this stage is followed by the the entire entirely non-ambulance stage where um, a, a young person is fully dependent on wheeled mobility. Mm-hmm. A physiotherapist will work closely with the young person and family in each stage of the Duchenne journey. A physio's role is to help support the young person and their family to understand and manage the emerging challenges of the disease and to help preserve muscle integrity and maximise function and participation. Regular assessment by a physio helps to monitor physical abilities, enables decisions on how to problem-solve issues that might be related to um, getting tired or falls, 
and also by providing advice um, around uh, equipment prescription and intervention that might assist. The physios should really work very closely with um, specialist tertiary healthcare providers um, and to try and achieve the best possible health outcomes for the young person and um, their family. Mm, there's a lot of areas that the physiotherapists work in. What advice would you give a physiotherapist who has a young person with Duchenne on their caseload but has little experience in Duchenne management? Okay, so firstly, uh, if you are in the fortunate position as we are here in Australia, I would reach out to physios who specialise in the management of young people with neuromuscular disorders. Um, in neuromuscular clinical hubs such as the one located here at the Royal Children's Hospital, they employ physiotherapists who work as consultants within their neuromuscular clinic. Part of this consultancy role is to provide advice and guidance to therapists in the community who might need um, or may not have experience in that area and might need some assistance. If you do not have access to an experienced physio, uh, you could obtain guidance from um, the current DMD clinical practice guidelines, which were published in 2018. Mm -hmm. They're widely available and provide an evidence-based structure to all aspects of Duchenne management, including physio and rehabilitation. What a great resource. Yeah. So some other sources of information may include muscular dystrophy associations, um, both in Australia and overseas, and websites of sort of tertiary hospitals um, in the area. Fantastic. You mentioned that the progression in Duchenne is often described in terms of stages of disease. What are the key messages regarding management of children with Duchenne's who are very young and showing only a few signs of the disease? And if I've listened correctly, this would be the initial diagnosis stage. You're right. Great question. <laughs> a physio would commonly become involved with a child and family soon after diagnosis. And the role of the physio at this stage is to really help educate the family about Duchenne, um, give advice about physical activity and stretching if this is required at that point, and to provide early intervention if a child's very young and gross motor skill attainment is, is delayed. So focus during this stage is around participation, supporting involvement in things like childcare or kinder programs, preparing them for the start of school, monitoring functional strength and checking for any signs of muscle shortening that might require intervention. Mm. And then what are the key messages regarding management of young people with Duchenne's who are in the ambulance stage of the disease? The ambulance stage of Duchenne can encompass children from sort of four-year-old kinder age extending into the late primary or even early high school years. As children get older and their motor function plateaus, the physio management needs to focus on slowing the motor function decline. A physio program for the ambulance stage will target a number of key areas, including muscle tightness, physical activity, falls prevention, participation and equipment prescription. Mm. For example, optimising falls prevention, prevention is essential as Duchenne progresses and function begins to decline. A physio's role involves careful questioning regarding factors contributing to falls, assessment of functioning in all environments and education to mitigate falls risks throughout their daily life. Mm -hmm. And for the area of participation... Um, the ability to participate in all aspects of life will be affected by many factors, including the deteriorating function and fatigue. So physio intervention should include um, equipment prescription and should 
aim to maximise a young person's ability to participate in their family, school and community activities. Mm. We have had a previous podcast on calf length management in Duchenne, which listeners can go back and hear. However, for now, could you explain a little bit about the physio involvement with muscle tightness? Yeah, sure. So muscle tightness becomes increasingly evident with growth and with the disease progression. Physio management generally requires the introduction of a stretching program and the prescription of night splints. Calf tightness can appear quite early in the disease course, but physios should also monitor for contractures in other muscles and some joints. Particularly, we see this around the knees, elbows and wrists. Successful implementation of a stretching program requires a really a family-centred approach. It relies on establishing a really good routine and, of course, needs persistence from both the physio and the family. Mm. And as you mentioned, the specifics of the calf length management, we've addressed that in a previous podcast, so I encourage people to have a listen to that because it's got a bit more detail in there. Yeah, so true. And you mentioned that physiotherapy have a role in physical activity for children with Duchenne. What does that look like? Physio um, for Duchenne should aim to maximise their available strength and really prevent the secondary weakness that we might see from disuse. Education, advice and encouragement regarding safe involvement in physical activity underpins this aspect of care. Depending on the person's abilities and their interests, a physio might be involved in establishing, say, a bike riding, uh, swimming or just a general mobility program. They might provide advice regarding a tailored participation in a school PE program or in a community sporting activity. Mm. You might want to listen to our physical activity podcast for some additional information about physical activity in neuromuscular disorders as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a really great podcast that we have available for listeners. And what signs might indicate progression from the ambulant to the non-ambulant stage of the disease? So as we mentioned um, earlier, this is the transition stage and it occurs prior to full-time use of wheeled mobility. So we see young people with Duchenne pass through this stage and we often observe reduced endurance, um, greater fatigue and an increased reliance on wheeled mobility during this stage of the disease. Mm. So from Duchenne natural history data, we can predict that if it takes more than about 12 seconds to walk 10 metres, full-time wheeled mobility will be required within the following 12 to 24 months. Oh, that's really interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So this information helps um, therapists to really anticipate equipment needs and to prepare families for what's required during the impending sort of non-ambulance stage. Mm. And so how does a physio's role change when a child with Duchenne becomes non-ambulant? Okay. So physio goals do need to change during this non-ambulance stage. Um, while it's, the goals are still centred around um, maintaining muscle length, around safety, physical activity and equipment, there's an increased focus on respiratory care. Minimising the, progress, the progression of uh, muscle and joint tightness remains a high priority. However, now that uh, the young person is sitting more, the muscles that are most at risk of contracture will be different. Mm. Early prescription of supported seating so that we can comfortably support good posture to avoid any asymmetry and prevent scoliosis is very important in this stage. 
maximising safety remains important, but the focus will shift to ensure safety during things like transfers and when using adaptive equipment. Physical activity also is a big priority despite the transition to a wheeled mobility, but we need to think creatively about how activity can be maintained. We always encourage participation in things like aquatic activities because movement, as we know, um, can be maximised with the buoyancy offered um, by water. Mm. And you mentioned increased focus on respiratory care in the non-ambulance stage. When should physiotherapy respiratory care commence and what could that involve? The transition to wheeled mobility really signals to um, the physio that we need to start thinking about respiratory care. Um, Physios should monitor respiratory function, they should work for an effective cough and teach and practice what we call breath stacking as part of respiratory care program. Mm. If you as a physio have limited experience in this area, make sure you reach out to therapists working within a neuromuscular clinic for some additional guidance, especially if you're dealing with a client who um, uses something like a cough assist device or nocturnal ventilation. Mm. So again, you're not alone out there. That's right. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, Sarah, I just wanted to acknowledge that working with young people who have a progressive chronic condition can be really emotionally challenging for therapists out there. That's a very good point. In some ways, physio in the management of Duchenne is slightly counterintuitive. Um, We're not aiming to strengthen or reverse the physiological impact of the disease, but instead we're aiming to slow decline support function and minimise the impact that Duchenne has on a young person's life. So true. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I'm a physio by background and I have learned a lot from you, from what you've told us today. So thank you. What would be your three key take-home messages? Given that there's no cure for Duchenne, treatment is focused on slowing progression and maximising function and quality of life. Therefore, the take-home messages for physios treating young people with Duchenne are really to focus on supportive and anticipatory care, to limit the secondary effects of Duchenne through regular stretching and splinting programs, physical activity and equipment prescription. And if you don't have expertise in the treatment and management of Duchenne, then please reach out to physios working in neuromuscular clinics for advice. Great. Thank you so much, Katie, for talking today about the role of a physiotherapist in the management of Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Thanks for the chat, Sarah. Have you heard? The Education Hub has a new podcast channel, Teach, Think, Treat. This new channel explores facets of clinical education and is a melting pot of ideas that will support your journey as a healthcare professional. Thanks for listening. To find out more, see the description.